She recuperated from that. I recuperated. <laughs> <laughs> She's recovered. <laughs> I hate you. Welcome aboard the flight attendant podcast. The seatbelt sign is on. It's going to be a rough ride. everybody welcome back to the flight attendant podcast i'm uncle josie and i'm here with Ambi. yeah welcome Yay, back welcome back how are you i'm good how are you i'm good i'm a little tired i just woke up tired. i just woke up like maybe an hour ago oh okay so i kind of woke up like 45 minutes ago I I knew we were gonna meet up today, so I rush and do coffee and breakfast, and here I am. I look at you with your coffee. My coffee cup. Your coffee cup. I went to, uh, once had this friend who said to me, "It's like I hate you so much," and I was like, "Why?" He's, and she was like, "Because you look good even when you're drinking coffee." And she took a picture, and it's <laughs> one of my favorite pictures I ever have. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I am not that nice. You're not. I always look at it like this. I'll, I'll have to show you to show it to you sometime. All right. So what have you been up to? I came back yesterday from an awful trip. Um, and um, I, I think I was talking to you last night and I, after I sent you... The, the the last message, I don't remember anything else. I don't remember the action of going to bed. Mm-hmm. I don't remember turning off the lights. I just went away and I woke up this morning. So that's how, how I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? What have you been doing? What's I've going been, on? I've been good. Just back at work, back in Myrtle. I feel like I live here this month. Um. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Yeah, had a lot of weather delays on my last trip and this trip as well. Oh, it's just going to start. This is the season. This is the beginning. Welcome weather delays season. So, but I did hear back from our friend Gibson Salsa. Ooh. And his, his book dropped. His book is out. uh, It's called Bloodline. So um, we'll put a a link. He sent me the info on where to get it and stuff. So we'll put a link on the Instagram page. If people are interested, they can can go ahead and click that buy button. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I can't wait to take a look at it and read it. I know that I'm, we're not that close to him, but I, it will be kind of interesting like to see somebody's book that you have met, that you have talked to, interact to. So I'm kind of looking forward for that. Right. And it's only $15. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So Help a fellow flight attendant. I may have already ordered it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you want to read me some news? Read you some news? Yeah. Let's see what we got this week. All right, what about this one? Uh, from the U.S. today, a Southwest Airlines flight attendant has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the airline alleging that lacks COVID-19 protocols during mandatory training last summer and slack contract tracing after an attendee tested positive led her husband death from the virus. Carol Maiden, a 69-year-old Baltimore-based flight attendant who has worked for Southwest since 2016, is seeking more than $3 million in damage for wow. what the lawsuit says was the airline's ne negligence, according to the suit filed in the U.S. District Court in Maryland. She and her husband, Bill, a veteran and retired railroad sing signal engineer who drove her home from the one-day training session at Baltimore Washington International Airport in July, got sick days after the training and eventually tested positive COVID-19. Bill's oxygen levels plunged and his health deteriorated so rapidly that he couldn't take his own temperature. He died a few weeks later in New York, in York, Pennsylvania, hospital with COVID pneumonia, listed as the first cause of death. He was 73. Uh, that's, that's really sad. Yeah. If you're higher at risk, then you should be taking extra precautions. You shouldn't be expecting other people to do their part. Right. But then again, this is, I'm assuming a what, what part, I'm asking what part of uh, the whole pandemic this happened since she wasn't training. I'm assuming that this happened really early when there was probably still very little information about all this. Right. I think the world was still running. Um, so I don't... I well, don't it says the one-day training, so it's probably like her annual recurrent. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did not think about that. So, yeah. But okay. even then, even then, when, when did we start our yearly recurrent... I mean, we didn't do, I think it was pushed back. Pretty. Like six months. April, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was still even early on, on everything. And I don't know. I just think that, yes, I, it's an unfortunate thing, but I don't think she Southwest is going to be at fault or consider be at fault. Right. Um, this is from Newsweek. And it says, emotive photos of the September 11 terror attack on New York City's Twin Towers that have never been shared publicly have now been found in a family photo album. Oh. Liam, yeah, Liam Enea, 19, found his great aunt Marianne's photos in a Valentine's Day themed photo album. Liam was born in New York, but is now based in Connecticut. Through the photos, I I determined that she lived in an apartment at 310 Greenwich Street in New York City, whose stairs faced south toward the World Trade Center. On that day, in the aftermath, she took photographs on a type of disposable camera. I determined that she lived there by looking at an aerial photograph of the buildings and locating the nearest residential high-rise north of the towers. 
Also, when I showed my mother the building, she instantly recognized it from a 1990s visit and confirmed that Marianne lived there. Um, the photos were later developed and bound in the Valentine's Day photo album. Marianne eventually passed the photos to her sister, NAS, late grandmother, who gave them to him about four years ago. But it was only in February that he scanned them and published them on Reddit. And then he said, I was compelled to post them on Reddit because I hoped people would find them interesting, given that the most iconic photos of the events were taken from a distance on the ground near the buildings or from the sky. These photos show the towers from a, uh, from a closed residence. On September 11, 2001, the Al-Qaeda militant group launched four coordinated terror attacks on the United States. Americans Airline Flight 11, United Airlines Flight 175 were crashed into the North and South Tower of the World Trade Center complex in New York City. American Airlines Flight 77 crashed into the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and a fourth airliner, United Flight 93, was brought down near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, after passengers fought four hijackers before it reached its target, believed to believed to be the Capitol building or the White House. I actually saw that that um, that movie, United 93, yeah. the Flight 93, uh-huh. and that was my first time experiencing vertigo while not on an actual, like... Aircraft. Air, yeah. Wow. I mean, I, and, and the thing is, like, I've never experienced vertigo, like, not on the plane. But it was because of the, because of, like, how, you know, the camera, yeah, the camera movement and stuff. Uh, It says, the impact of the crash caused South Tower to collapse after burning for nearly an hour. The North Tower followed minutes later after burning for 102 minutes. It was the deadliest terror attack in history, killing 2,977 people and injuring 25,000. There were also many who suffered long-term health issues as a result of the destruction. Aeneas says... He has always been fascinated by the historical significance of, of photojournalism, particularly regarding 9-11 attacks. I was born in its aftermath, and the outset of the war on terror, my mother, Lisa, had taken a circle, a circle line tour in Lower Manhattan a few weeks before the attacks while I was still in the womb. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That is pretty nice. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> like he wasn't even born. I know. <laughs> there uh, is adults. <laughs> they were like still in wombs when we were already alive. But... I know. <laughs> <laughs> and my father Frank, who was an audio engineer with NBC, who would have been near the base of the towers on 9-11, but declined to go after the North Tower was struck. Um yeah, isn't that crazy? I don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, I will be. I know somebody who was working in wing in the Pentagon. No, what I'm just I'm just saying that there, like, it just kind of hit me that people are born now that weren't there. And from the Business Insider, uh, some countries adding and growing 18 routes in a major expansion that will help shape into the Midwest hometown airline. Sun Country Airlines is marching across the Midwest with 18 new and expanding routes in the next year that were just announced on Tuesday. Fresh from its conversion to an ultra low cost carrier, the Minneapolis based 
airline is growing its point-to-point route network outside of the Twin Cities. The goal is to win more customers amid a wave of leisure travelers returning to the skies in 2021. Sun Country has a, has long been Minneapolis' hometown airline, but these latest routes addition are a sign that airline is getting itself up to be the Midwest hometown airline. Smaller towns across the region lack on lack nonstop flights to leisure destinations, but now cities like Rochester, Minnesota, and Green Bay, Wisconsin, will see more direct links to the sunnier locales. Florida and Arizona destinations are among the new routes, but the expansion will also see some country fly deeper into the Caribbean with new flights to Turks and Caicos and Grand Cayman. As some country is now a low-cost airline, flyers can expect cheap fares and extra fees for amenities like advanced seat assignments and carry-on baggage. Hmm. I don't know. They were, were they, they, I guess they were... Um, a charter company, right? Mostly. I don't know. For me, Sun Country is like a, like an airline that is flying under the radar because I do not know anything about them. I mean, because I didn't know that they were an LCC. And I I didn't know that they were based in, you know, Minnesota. I thought they were more like Nevada area because I see them there all, all the, time. the time. Right. So I, I always had that feeling that it was on that side, you know. Yeah. Well, good luck to them. Yeah. I mean, mean, more options for us. Exactly. More (laughs) options for us to fly. (laughs) Um, So the government just extended the new ID requirement for flying again. So in case you, in case you forgot, um, the U S department of Homeland security was set to start requiring the real ID for travel October 1st, 2021. However, We've got good news, fellow procrastinators. This is from uh, thethrillist.com. The DHS has adjusted that deadline, the deadline, giving you an extra 19 months to get over to the DMV. Yeah, so due to the pandemic, <laughs> the, there is an extension, the ID requirement, um, which is meant to provide more consistent security standard, will not be enforced at security checkpoints until May 3rd, 2023. Good Lord. I know. Once that day does hit, travelers who are 18 and older will have to carry that real ID when flying commercially throughout the U.S. And passports will still be accepted. Isn't that like the third or fourth time they've extended it? Yeah, that's why I said it's it's been extended again. <laughs> it's I crazy. Think by that time, I had to renew my card that I have already my 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 little star on it. Mine has had a star for like I don't know a couple of years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like by that time I had to renew it again. <laughs> right. Exactly. Protecting the health, safety, and security of our communities is our top priority. The DHS Secretary Alejandro, Alejandro um, no nope Alejandro. Oh. Mallorca's said in a statement. As country hey, Alejandro. <laughs> Alejandro. <laughs> the irony of the fact that now you're having a hard time. <laughs> there is no R in this name, okay? There is no R. That's why I had a hard time. 
as our country continues to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic, extending the Real ID full enforcement deadline will give states the needed time to reopen their driver's licensing operations to ensure their residents can obtain the Real ID compliant license or identification card. According to CNN, limited operating capacity at the DMV is to blame for the delay. This, is also, this also isn't the first time we've seen the shift. In fact, in March 2020, DHS announced to move the requirement from October 1st, 2020 to October 1st, 2021. With many offices working on an appointment-only basis for license renewals, things have, been, things have gotten back up as, backed up as a result. States just don't have the, past, the capacity to issue real ID driver licenses in a timely fashion. I got through it, guys. Woo! Woohoo! So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just order mine online. Besides that time that we got delayed in St. Thomas, when have you gotten delayed again? I, um, so we got delayed but we still push back. And then we got stopped in the tarmac because weather got really, really bad. We couldn't take off. We were like number 12 to get out of O'Hare. Mm -hmm. And um, because we, the previous delayed and everything, um, people started getting canceled. And by people, I mean the, the, the pilots. But they didn't say anything. We just went back to the jet bridge. And when we got there, oh, yeah, by the way, the weather has canceled this flight. <laughs> and we're like, oh, oh, the weather has canceled this flight. But, yeah, the weather had um, a major, um, major thing to do with that. And then I got rerouted. That sounds like fun. I've been rerouted a couple of times. I was sitting in Tampa going to Detroit in my seat, eating my food. And we closed the door and pushed back. I was deadheading. And we pushed back. And all of a sudden, I see the plane go back into the gate. And the door opens. And they were like, hey, you got to work a flight to Cleveland. <laughs> I was like, I'm eating. <laughs> But anyway, so um, do you think that, let's see, volume, equipment, runway, or weather is the highest cost of delay in the airline industry? Volume? Mm -hmm. What do you mean volume? Like the what? amount of flights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one do you think it's the highest? So volume, volume. Uh, no, no, volume. Yeah, volume. equipment. Volume. So may equipment. Runway, or mm -hmm. weather, or weather. It it has to be between mechanical and weather. Okay, so you are completely wrong on that. Really? Because equipment is only one percent of delays. Weather oh. is 69% of delays. Oh. So that okay. So um there so volume is 19% of delays and runway is six percent and leaving the other five percent to other stuff. Right. You know, whatever. Whatever happens, yeah. Yeah. And equipment could be like maintenance or crew, you know. Okay. 
Yeah. So, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, and, okay, we're going to do another quiz. Are you ready for another quiz? Sure. Okay. So, which airports have the worst weather delays? Atlanta, San Francisco, Philadelphia, New York, New York, the three airports, or Chicago? New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if they don't put New York there, I'm going to float with the quiz. <laughs> so New York City area, Newark, LaGuardia, and Kennedy um, has, a, uh, has had 57 significant delays of more than 15 minutes. And that's back in 2013. I mean, that's, you know, like nine years, eight years ago, but that's still, <laughs> it just keeps that, growing. I mean, I've been only on the industry for three years, so and I am pretty upset about the whole New York thing, so right. that just has a lot to say. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm Chicago, just because, you know, it's known as the Windy City, I mean, granted, planes are, are landing in wind, they do that little back and forth thing as they land all the time, but yeah, wait, no matter um, what. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Jim. Do you not know why it's called the Windy City? Because it's windy? No. no. It just happens to be windy. Do you Mostly know? because of their politics. What? It happens to be windy. They don't call it the Windy City because it just happens to be windy. No, no, you don't know. You don't know why it's called the Windy City. You tell. I don't live there like you guys. Oh, my God. Chicago has been called the Windy City. Is a term to be used metaphorically to make out that Chicagoans were bad rats. An explanation for Chicago being natural greasy area. However... It's in reference to Chicago's bloviating residents and politicians who were deemed to be full of hot air. This is back from uh, the proponents of the windbag view, usually cite an 1890 article by the New York Sun paper, uh, newspaper editor Charles Dana. At the time, Chicago was competing with New York to host the 1893 World's Fair. So therefore, that's why it's called the Windy City. So you couldn't have just said it's because the politicians are politicians are famously known as blowhards and left it at that. Well, I just want to make sure I give the right information to the people. Oh, there you go, people. You are you are well informed. Mostly you, Jim, because you didn't know. <laughs> they have gassy politicians. Very gassy. <laughs> Farty <laughs> politicians. <laughs> Ripping them, huh? Mm. <laughs> okay so what type of weather causes the most delay um uh, lining blinding lining <laughs> like grease lining, grease lining. <laughs> okay so there are two different ones one in the winter and one in the summer right right um all right so we have in the summer is the the highest one is convective weather it's you know thunderstorms and in the winter is low ceiling and disability 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was not too far from, you from were. number one. Yeah. Right, right, right. So what happens when en route flights encounter thunderstorms? So the jet aircraft can safely fly over thunderstorms only if their flight altitude is well above the turbulent cloud tops. The most intense and turbulent storms are often the tallest storms, so en route flights always seek to go around them. Unless you're then I hear they like to fly into hurricanes. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> if, a, okay, if a busy route becomes blocked by intense thunderstorms, traffic will reroute into a neighboring airspace, which can become overcrowded if the flow is not managed. In these cases, a planning team consisting of FAA personnel at the Air Traffic Control System Command who coordinate with the center, select terminals, airlines, general aviation organizations, and the military that has several options. In case of a larger scale weather impact, a severe weather avoidance may be made avoidance plans may be put into place to relocate demand to another part of the country. The planning team's strategic placement of airspace flow programs with reduced hourly flow rates allow airlines to prioritize and plan which of their scheduled flights they will route through the restricted airspace. Ground delay programs are also used to temporarily hold aircraft at their departure airports to, do, to reduce the number of flights going into an impacted area. What happens if thunderstorms prevent landing at an airport? So as the arriving aircraft approaches to its air destination airport, the pilot will usually be asked to slow down or enter a holding pattern until the thunderstorms in and around the airport have cleared. Have you ever been, have you ever like gone around, circled? Oh yeah, multiple times. Multiple times, I hate that. Because you know, they, they'll ask you to prepare the 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 plane for landing and then you're like woo going around and yeah you around. can feel it if yeah. you if you know how many turns you need in order to land and uh all of a sudden there's you're like wait that's like the sixth turn that we just did exactly <laughs> and then you start looking through the little like windows you're like yeah, we're not landing anytime soon. <laughs> right. So the controllers can opt to use of more of the available terminal routes for arrivals and fewer for departures. With fewer planes departing, uh, remain occupied in airport grid lock. Uh, remaining, uh, remain occupied in airport grid can lock and occur, which is when you know our planes land and they have nowhere to park because there's everybody's at the gates. So this. Uh, in these uh, cases where passengers are stranded for excessive periods of time, um, are led with the Department of Trans Transportation to pass a rule prohibiting airlines from leaving planes parked for more than three hours without allowing passengers to disembark. So all the airlines have a rule that if your plane has been sitting there with people on the plane uh, for three hours, they have to allow them to disembark. Disembark. Um, or that's when we do the tarmac delay, like, you know, the cookies and the water on the thing. Uh, and if the thunderstorm persists holding aircraft, the holding aircraft will divert to alternate airports, wait out the bad weather, refuel and fly again later to its original destination. <coughs> I remember one time I couldn't fly into Orlando. So we had to go to Tampa 
and uh, we had to we had to dump fuel at that point because from Tampa to Orlando, it's literally a ten minute flight. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but we can't like we're not allowed to dump fuel, so we like had to go around a few turns and then we had to land in Tampa and then take off again. So this one, the guy goes like, why aren't we leaving? And I was like, well, there's weather, sir. He's like, it's fine out there. And I was like, there's weather in Orlando. Like we cannot land in Orlando. And he goes like, oh, is that why we're here? Like people, like the captain had just made an announcement. People just don't listen. Yeah. They don't listen. So if the thunderstorms persist, holding aircraft will divert to alternate airports, um, wait out the bad weather, refuel, fly again. So the di- diversions are undesirable because of the magnitude of passenger delay and the cost of the airlines. Um, and once the storm began to dissipate and move away, regular flow of traffic has resumed. I actually just had a delay in Florida over lightning. It lasted eight hours. Oof. I was, was going to say, I know the word that I never had a delay. Uh, um, again, we just said the word. Um, Entitlement? No. Uh, diversion mm-hmm. or uh, a delay that lasted more than, a, than an hour or two. Oh, mine is eight hours. Do you get paid when you are on delays like that? No, we do not. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. That's another part. Like, that's what people don't understand. So how far in advance do traffic flow planners need weather predictions? So unforeseen weather impacts on en route and terminal airspace can lead to long delays and ultimately be costly to airlines and the traveling public. If weather impacts are either sh- if weather impacts are either short-lived or local, they can be mitigated by effectively using available airspace. All airborne and scheduled flights can be handled with only minor reroutes. However, as the weather impacts become longer-lived, they can affect large regions of the country or both, and management of the demand must be planned strategically. And weather events requiring moderate to aggressive management. Many scheduled flights will require new flight plans that do not intersect with the weather impacted areas. <laughs> uh, so flights through the impacted airspace may originate at nearby airports with only short intervals from departure to arrival, whereas other flights may cross the country and be airborne for hours. A long, a severe long-lived weather impact will require management of short and long-haul flights in order to effectively control the demand. So what I'm saying is, like, if there is a weather pattern um, affecting, like, a large part of the country, it should be, I feel like airlines will try to get those long-haul flights out first so that those flights aren't holding for a long period of time if they're not going to the affected area. And since they're flying away from the storm, then, you know, that's better for them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Traffic flow managers can take different steps, such as locally reroute traffic around the weather, direct the en route traffic to a weather free arrival path when the near the when the when near when near the destination airport, 
and delay arrivals by placing them in holding stacks until the weather clears. So this just means that essentially when you can't take off in LA because of storms in, I don't know, Washington or in the East coast, it's because there, even though, even though the weather might clear by the time you get there, they still have other flights prioritized beforehand to fly in that have been waiting and they can't. And as we know, air traffic control controls the arrivals and departures. So um, aviation safety. Uh, it looks like, you know, they're doing a lot of great stuff. This is from the FAA.gov website. Weather delays are the worst because when the airline plays the weather card, it doesn't owe anything except for a seat on the next available flight. No meal voucher, no hotel, nothing at all. Um, but that doesn't, it affects the passengers, yes, but it also affects the the airline because they're they're losing resources they're losing crew i mean that that the lead that i had just the other day was that was eight hours it um um we timed out we were over our duty day like our duty time so it ended up canceling you know and that was us waiting at the airport now had my air our airline been proactive and told us to stay at the hotel we would we would have had extra rest and we wouldn't have timed out yeah um and that's another thing like people don't don't think of like okay yeah the 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 weather is an inconvenience for you but what about the crew what about the airline like there's a a, a domino effect on all that like we are losing uh crew because we are timing now we can only be on duty time for so long and um that the hotels that rooms that they get canceled that those are resources that that affect the 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 company and then you have to find another crew that replace the one and you have they have to go ahead and start looking again okay where are we going to put these other people on these rooms, it's it's a whole domino effect. So right. weather cancel weather cancellations and weather delays are the worst for everybody. Right, exactly. And the thing is, it's like we, me and my crew, we knew that we were going to time out. We called, like we got to the airport, and we knew that the delay was not gonna was it was going to cause us to time out. And we called the company and the company said, oh, no, you're fine. We're going right on time. But it was eight hours later and we still didn't have a gate. Our, our plane was on the tarmac and the gate that we did have, quote unquote, um, had another, another plane there going to a different place. But then, um, but that one didn't like, it was, it hadn't left because of the whole, if you're on the yeah. tarmac, people can disembark situation. So right. that one was grounded as well. Right. It was grounded. So the door is open. There's passengers on the plane. And if they wanted to leave, they can't say I'm holding you here. Cause that's not legal, but you know, so people, so it was still attached to the jet bridge. So they couldn't. And then when finally that flight canceled, because that crew timed out, they, 
the tarmac was still closed and they still had to get off all of the all of the bags but because the tarmac is closed they couldn't get the bags out of cargo which meant that plane sat there for another two hours before our plane finally was able to be pushed in for us to board it and then by the time we boarded there was a maintenance issue which was unforeseen so then that added to it and then that's when we timed out and why why people cannot get their luggage from the cargo and go and get it at the belt uh, because the tarmac is closed. If there's lightning out, the tarmac is closed and rampers have to be inside for safety, just like okay. everybody else. Yeah. And people don't understand that. You you even tell them that and they, they look outside of the window like, uh, I can go and get it myself. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Good luck with that. But it's also for the safety of the rest of the crew. You know, an airplane doesn't get run by a pilot and, and, and us. There's a whole entire team that on the ground working constantly to get these airplane, these um, airplane, aircraft ready to fly. Right. And we need them as much as they need us as well. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, there, I think the rule is if there is lightning around, they have to do 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's a 10 miles. So, Oh, 10 miles. So 10 minutes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so it has to be, there can't be any more, any lightning within 10 minutes of the, like the last lightning strike. And if there, and if there, and if there happens to be one, then the clock resets. So like if there's lightning and then five minutes later, there's another lightning, then it, it resets for, you know, 10 more, another, minutes, yeah, 10 more minutes and then so forth. Um, and that's how they work. I know that in Orlando, they have they have the, have you seen the lights? If it's flashing, it's yeah. on delay. And if yeah. it's not, then it's fine. I don't, I, I don't know if I've seen those at other airports. Well, Orlando is the capital world of the lightning. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Jim was asking, do we get paid? No, unless the door is closed, we are on the plane and the plane has rotated its tires three times we are not getting paid we're not getting paid through boarding we're not getting paid through deplaning we're not getting paid while sitting at the airport waiting for the plane oh little 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 detail that i didn't know the rotation of the tire is one for the pilots three for the flight attendants yeah so that's fun um so when you're asking us to put up your bag which is not part of our duties, I am going to tell you, I'll be more than happy to gate check it to your final destination and you can pick it up at the belt. And you know what they say? No, thank you. And then they put it up themselves. Yeah. That's it. Uh, but yeah, so we were, so we were um, at the airport from seven PM till 3.30 a.m. That's the whole shift. Oh, at the airport. Uh, yeah. Because, of course, it's a rolling delay. So the, the airline will tell you um, it's a rolling, you know, it's it. they don't know exactly when it's leaving. So you can't leave the airport just in case it could, like, turn around, find us a gate, and get on the plane, like, at that moment. And another thing is, like, companies don't allow us to find a corner and go to sleep. No. 
you as a passenger are cranky about a, about a delay. Imagine us, how cranky we are that we have to take you on these like trips and us not being rested at all. So exactly. If a flight attendant is cranky, let her be cranky. <laughs> let him or let her be cranky because we have a reason. <laughs> so when we were so when we when we canceled, um, they were like, "You knew this was going to happen. You knew this was going to happen." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, I knew it was going to happen." We called the company, and the company didn't do anything. Please don't blame us. Like it's not our yeah. fault. It's the company's decisions. We have. I, mean, I didn't tell them this. Yeah, so. I didn't tell them this, but I mean, yes, we knew it was going to happen. But from us knowing to the company actually doing something, it's a whole different thing because we don't know what they have going on either. They're looking at other stuff down the road, and if they have to utilize uh, other crew to prioritize certain flights, then that's you know that's what they have to do. And also, whether it's unpredictable, it can continue, it can get worse, it can get better. Yeah, from so one minute to if, the next. If they know they're going to have, if, if out of the sudden there's a window, a small window that they can utilize, they're going to push us through that little time frame. And that's exactly, uh-huh. and that's exactly why that flight that was at our gate didn't disembark, because they didn't know if there was going to be like this window of like five, 10 minutes where they could just yeah. push the flight back and get that flight out. And yeah. that's, and that's, you know, that's a lot of stuff. It's the airlines fall for not really educating the passengers as we're, as we're, as we're sitting on the, on the plane, mm-hmm. but at the same time, giving them this much information or like giving them any amount of information that they can be like, well, you told us if, even if we say, we could take off in the next five, 10 minutes. They're like, you told us you're going to take off in the next, in the, in the next five, 10 right. minutes. Like, no, I said, we could, it's yeah. not a guarantee. Yeah. It, it, the, our information has to be so detailed because if you leave a tiny little bit of gray area, they will turn it around, flip it and create a whole new story. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that that's what I said. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah so when we canceled I just had to stay there you know stand there and let people cuss me out and they're like f you and f this airline and I'm never flying this effing airline again and f f f f f and I was like oh like is there a, like a <laughs> like one of those the, the button no just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one guy air jars on an airplane might should be a thing right <laughs> So this one, uh, this one guy goes like, you told me that my kids could have a snack. Now they haven't eaten in so many hours and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm not your child's parent. Like, <laughs> yeah, they can have a snack if you have it. <laughs> right. You didn't bring enough food and you knew this delay was happening. There was like a restaurant right across our gates. Why didn't you take them to the freaking restaurant? There's a, you know, there's a Hudson newsstand on the other side. Um. And no, going back to the five-minute window period, like just imagine how many companies are waiting for that five-minute uh, window. Right, exactly. It's um, like all of them, essentially. All of them. It's, if, if it's a weather and there's that five-minute window, everybody's on the eye looking for that window and how they can get their airplanes out of that right uh, that moment. So. So I don't know. 
I just uh, want to clarify, if you don't mind, if you are on a weather delay and you have not left the plane, you guys aren't getting paid. Right. That's correct. Wow. We don't yeah. get paid until the, the the main cabin door is closed and the wheels have turned three times. Right. But I'm saying if you're like, let's say you're on a weather delay, but the plane lands. Oh, okay. Disembark. Oh, wait. So if, if the plane, if we are on a delay and the plane lands and we're still on the tarmac, we're, we get paid until the, until the, the plane comes in. Okay. So until you're at a gate and that door opens, you guys are getting paid. Right, right, right. right. Still, like, I, I would have a second question about that. When you're on one of those delays and you're in an airport, and, and like you said, you guys have to sit there and wait in front of the passengers. Are you catching flack from the passengers at that point? Oh, or? yeah. All yeah. the time. All the time. Why yeah. aren't we leaving? What's going on? And especially if like if our if our plane is delayed because of there's weather somewhere else and it's sunny where, where we are, they're like, there's no weather here. And it's like, yeah, but it's coming from a place where there's thunderstorms and they can't take off. So, like, you know. Directly in the path of trying to right. get well, and that other airport might be closed as well at that time. So they want us to keep us where we at so we can alleviate the timing where we land in and when they're taking off. So you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. And, and it just leads right back into entitlement. Like, you guys aren't the ones making the choices for the plane to stay there, especially in a situation where you're not even getting paid. Exactly. And nor, nor should you be having to deal with the attitudes of customers when you're not getting paid. Yeah. For them to tell you you have to sit there and wait in front of the customers is absolute nonsense. Exactly. Absolute nonsense. If you're not getting paid, they shouldn't be telling you what to do. Bottom. Mm-hmm. So we're not getting paid, but we are still on duty. Therefore, we have to sit there and take it. Yeah, well, that's my point, though. If you're on duty, you should be getting paid. Well, that's a lot of information, and mm-hmm. I hope people can get can become a little bit more. I, I don't know if compassionate is the word, but yeah, I guess understanding. There we go. Um, when it comes to weather delays. Yep. Okay. So actually, speaking of weather delays, I did have a email regarding this from. Um, a passenger recently that had a weather delay. It ties in very well. Okay, so they said due to the due to the weather in Atlanta, the ramp was open and closed until they pushed until we pushed back. There were flights arriving and waiting to get to the gate because there were no rampers outside. This lady in the front row and then the row in front of me is on her phone ranting the whole time. She said how we were just here waiting. And how there are other planes going into the storm, blah, blah, blah. And how it's only spirit that's not moving on any planes. I guess this person was flying on spirit. Then she makes a comment still on the phone. I guess they don't have airplanes that are made for this weather like the other airlines that have airplanes moving. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody around. Okay. Everybody around her, including me, burst out laughing so hard. 
She got upset saying, what's so funny? We just kept laughing. She rung her call bell and a flight attendant came and she asked why it's taking too long. Mind you, the captain had just explained everything while standing in the galley. The flight attendant looks outside the window and asks her, do you see anything outside? She goes, ugh, and goes back on her phone. We laugh some more. This whole time, it was pouring like crazy and lightning every few seconds. <laughs> Sorry, Air, uh, Spirit Airlines is made out of recycled aluminum <laughs> cans. <laughs> Although passengers and crew may see a flash and hear a loud noise if lightning strikes their plane, nothing serious should happen because of the careful lightning protection engineered into the aircraft and its sensitive components. Initially, the lightning will attach to an extremity such as the nose or wingtip. Um, so, although it should be safe, keyword should, one shouldn't fly straight into lightning. <laughs> yeah. So it is estimated that on average, each airplane in the U.S. commercial fleet is struck lightly by lightning more than once a year. In fact, aircraft often, tri often trigger lightning when flying through a heavily charged region of a cloud. In these instances, the lightning flash originates at the airplane and extends away from its in opposite directions. Although record-keeping is poor, smaller business and private airplanes are thought to be struck less frequent less frequently because they're small size and because they often avoid weather that is conductive to lightning strikes. Uh, it is the last confirmed commercial plane crash in the U.S. directly attributed to lightning occurred in 1967 when lightning caused a catastrophic fuel tank explosion. Since then, much has been learned about how lightning can affect planes. As a result, protection techniques have improved. Today, airplanes receive a rigorous set of lightning certification tests to verify the safety of their designs. Um, so yeah, don't be too afraid of lightning hitting your airplane, but most likely the airlines will not willingly fly into lightning. One of the things about that I like about lightning or thunderstorms that have lightning or in is when we fly close enough that mostly in the flight deck uh, there's a phenomenon that happens uh, that happens in the on the windshield and they call it St. Elmo's fire. So and the Elmo's fire occurs when the atmosphere becomes charged and an, and an electrical potential strong enough to cause a discharge called plasma is created between an object and the air around it. This can happen to an aircraft flying through heavily charged skies and Elmo's fire is usually bluish or violet in color, but can also have a greenish tinge. So what I seen on the flight deck is it, it looks like lightning, but it's a very slow moving where you can catch it and it becomes a, a flash. And that happens uh, in the windshield. Um, and it has also a little bit of a smell. So it smells like an electrical fire. So that was a little bit concerning and I didn't know. And the pilots was just like, uh, the captain at that point who was like, 
laughing a little bit. He's like, no, that that is called Cinema's Fire. And he went ahead and explained it. But it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen on a thunderstorm. That's amazing. And I think that's it. I have no more information for you. No more learning with B today. Um, no more learning. With B. Um, but I do think that Jim may have a question for us. I do. And my question for this week is directly influenced by the conversation that we had. And that is, is there a union for flight attendants? Oh, yeah. We have, um, we, we are represented by union. Um, most airlines have unions. I, I feel like if you're on to going back to that earlier conversation, I feel like if you guys are on duty, if you're being told how to act and represent yourself and you can't go off and do whatever you want to do, you should be getting paid for that. And there's no excuse for them not paying you for it. I think that's absolutely wrong. And your union representative should be fighting for that immediately. So I, I will say this, we are getting paid per diem. However, it's like two or three dollars. Do you guys do for your accommodations when you're doing overnights? Do you get paid a per diem for your meals and stuff? Yeah. So, okay. So what happens is when we check in for our trip, we start getting paid um, two dollars and twenty-five. Yeah, two dollars and twenty-five cents an hour for 24 hours for the time that we are away from base. We're actually going to touch on that subject um, on another episode. Um, but we do get, we do get a small percent of com um, compensation. However, if we're sitting at the airport waiting for our plane, it doesn't amount to, like the compensation is not equal to what we should be getting paid since we're on duty at the airport, you know? Uh, going back to the union part, I, the union is not a perfect thing because they get constantly fought with by the gray areas in, in gray areas and they have to negotiate with the company and um, sometimes unions cannot do further because the company, you know, is there too. But if it wasn't because of the union also, a lot, a lot of mistreatment and advantages could happen. And I think that's the part that we are most the, mostly the protect, most protected from the company, uh, that extra abuse and everything. Um, I, I mean, if we didn't have a, really a union. Yeah, and I really had a good experience with the union where I was in a fault of something that I was accused of. And um, I was actually cleared off because the union put all the facts out there and the company realized what, what had happened. And I was actually on the clear. Mm -hmm. But that's my experience with my current union. And I'm actually very thankful for that because otherwise... I wouldn't be very happy with my company. <laughs> or I mean, possibly Steven employed. I think that's amazing that they were able to do that for you. And that's another reason why people should be supportive of unions. 
And if I hadn't, if we didn't have a, if we didn't have a union, I would have had to work that flight that I was delayed for eight hours. And I, I wasn't properly rested. And that was, it was three o'clock in the morning and we had to go there and come back to Florida. So that would have been like an additional eight hours of me staying awake overnight. It would not have been fun. Right. Right. But because we had the contract in place, that's when I timed out. So have you been listening to any podcasts and such? Oh, I did the uh, Frank podcast. Yeah, what do you I think? listened to the to the, the first episode and it was really good. It was very en, enlight, enlightening. No, I'm still enlightening. Sorry. <laughs> but no, but you're right. It was a little eye-opening. And even though the, the subject um, that they were talking about was transgender, and I thought I had a lot of information about it, it actually added a little bit extra information and a, a little bit more understanding of things um, all transgender related. And I was like, oh, okay, so this podcast is going to be a really good um, uh, one to listen to. Mm -hmm. So I am, as soon as I have more time, I will definitely be listening to more of, of Frank. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's cool. Or, you know, his topics are cool. Are you listening to anything, Uncle Jay? Uh, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of you fumbling through your words. <laughs> <laughs> so rude today. So rude. Actually, I've been the sassy uh, one today. I, I haven't really watched all that much in the last week because I've been working on an audio project uh, that I'm mostly finished with. I just need to score it, but... That's been most of the last week. I did catch up on uh, a couple of episodes of The Flash and a couple of episodes of The Rookie. Good Lord, I love that show. It's so good. Uh, and I rewatched Girls Trip last night, which, oh my God, I cannot even begin to tell you how funny that movie was again the second time around. I absolutely <laughs> love Tiffany Haddish is so funny. I love her to death. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Um, I have been listening to a couple of new podcasts of that we have gotten follows on Instagram. Uh, one of them was Wicked Spiritual and we were on a break and the recipe rundown, which actually Uncle Jay, they talked about one of the girls on, on that on the podcast was on the flight that you talked about last week about from Miami to New York where they had to um, yep, when they had to, like the, with the passenger. They had the bra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she was a passenger in that one. Um, uh, to which be was, a fly on the... Which was interesting. The which was, yeah, which was interesting to listen to. Um, but other than that, I'm also reading um, this book called Mexic... Mex <laughs> Why can't I even say the word Mexican? Mexican Gothic. <laughs> By Silvia Moreno Garcia. Um, and then I've been watching 911. And I watched. Oh, um, so this is for like both of y'all. Okay. Uh, have you heard of Hyperdrive? It's with Miranda Hart and Nick oh. Frost. I have not. No, I have not. 
Amazon Prime. It's like cringy funny because it's both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what is it called again? Hyperdrive. Hyperdrive. Yeah. Is this Can a factual podcast? So if you don't know the thing, don't say it, okay? <sighs> I'm just kidding. We're not factual at all, mostly. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> I can't remember the name, but it's supposedly it's all magic and all that stuff. And you know how I do with it. All the magics. All the magics. All the magics. Oh, is it the one on Netflix? Yes, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Um, I know I know what it is. I think it's like um uh, is it Hoth Hawthorne Shadow, Bones? Shadow, Shadow Bones. Bones. Shadow Bones. There we go. I Ooh. saw that. It's I put it on my list. It's on my list and I'm kind of excited. Let's do it. Okay. So where can they find us? And Instagram is at the Flight Attendant Podcast. And on Twitter at Stay Safe, Fly Safe, and our email at the pot. That's the one. That's the one. Let's let's please keep it that way. <laughs> All right. What's our email? The flight attendant podcast at gmail.com. And our website. The flight attendant podcast.com. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Next Stay safe time. and fly, fly safe. safe. Look at Look you. At you. Bye, Bye, Jay. Bye. Bye, Uncle Jace. Bye, everyone. Bye.